Hello everyone, Israel Folau in the news again. He wants to make a rugby league comeback for Tonga in the end of year test. We expect that to be torpedoed later today. Chairman of Wilkinson Butler, Peter Wilkinson, hello to you. Uh, more broadly, from a PR sense, can Israel Folau repair his reputation and make a comeback to professional sport? Yes, but it won't be easy. Um, Steve Smith has, has set the benchmark for reputation repair. Um, but he, he did it very well from the beginning with the apology uh, when he flew back into Australia after the scandal and then he went quiet and then he re-emerged and obviously has made a hero of himself in, in sport. Um, Falau has some pretty significant issues. One is he's got to climb over the homophobic issue and second is he's if he makes a comeback and tries to repair his reputation, he's going to have to explain his, what I would describe as a quaint religion, which seems to be built around his father. Um, people are going to be curious about that. The thing with a sporting hero is they actually have to conform to community expectations, not the other way around. Um, yes, being terrific at sport is massive, but you've got to have your values in the same place as the community's values. And that's where Steve Smith won through. Falau's going to have a much greater problem. Yeah, Steve Smith was great. Stuck his hand up straight away, admitted fault, yep. said sorry, and everyone's back on board and he's playing some great cricket. Yeah. Conversations in boardrooms around rugby league clubs over the past six months have been, is Ralph Lau, do we want to sign him? At what point does good character trump great talent? The best is to have both. But in business, you've got to have good character. You can't have, and I'm not suggesting flowers, but you can't have a scoundrel running a company. It doesn't work. There's lots of examples um, dating back from Chris, Christopher's case onwards, where people of bad character have um, attempted to run business and eventually come unstuck. You've got to have your values in in place if you're a CEO or higher to run a company that's going to have acceptable values, especially if it's, say, a listed company where you are very much beholden to shareholders. But, but in any customer-centric company, you've got to have a person running it of good character. And that absolutely throw, flows through to sport. For a while, a phenomenal sports person can get away with it if they're a rat bag. But you will be able to think of more sporting people than I can about people who've been phenomenal sports people but have had bad character and have played up off the field. And, it, they, and, and eventually they become, a, initially they're a problem for the club, eventually the public turns against them. Absolutely. Just tires of misbehaviour. Yeah, there's so much money involved, community standards have changed. The great example, I'd recommend anybody read Legacy by James Kerr on the All Blacks. That is a... I don't know how much of it is true, but it is a wonderful story about how players are selected on the basis of character, and then they build the, their character flows through to the, the team's character. And it's a wonderful example of how to not just build a sporting team, to, but to build a business. Jim Collins wrote Good to Great, very much on the same principle. Get the right people on the bus and then work out where to take the bus. It's a, um, character is a huge starting point. Absolutely, and the All Blacks, in terms of world sport, they certainly set the standard. Now, you've, uh, you've, been, you've 
been in the area of crisis for a very long time. Mm. Israel Folau, that was the biggest sporting crisis that we have seen this year. Take us inside the boardroom and what happens, because I was covering the story at the time. Rugby Australia issued a press release at three minutes to six, just before news time. It was a huge crisis. So there are, there are four fail points in a crisis, four success points too. But in a crisis that goes wrong, you can pick where it's gone wrong if you know where to look. The first one is look at the board. A board has to be able to, has to be united on strategy. If it's not united on strategy and, and really strongly united, it'll fall apart. The problem in a crisis is, is you never go from very bad to good. You go from very bad to slightly less bad. And people hate it. And the board is under massive pressure. People ringing them and saying, why don't you do this? And consultants giving them advice, lawyers and PR people arguing. There's, all the dynamics are wrong and add into that lack of sleep. If the board is not united on strategy, there's, going to, there's a real vulnerability there because they'll argue and slow things down, they'll chop and change and all this kind of stuff. The second point is you've got to have the right messaging. They've got to be values-based messaging based on the company's values. Um, the third one, and, and in this case, they were struggling with messaging right from the beginning. You could see they were jumping this way and that way. We now know from the statement of claim that they actually had very good reasons, uh, legitimate reasons to get rid of Falau. And had they explained those as they've done in the statement of claim, life would be much easier. Um, the third thing is you've got to have a stro strong spokesperson. Mm. Where you've got a live, very high profile crisis, you've got to have a spokesperson out there, otherwise other people set the agenda for you. And in this case, Falau set the agenda every day. And the fourth one is you've got to be nimble. Every politician knows you've got to, you win the day by starting, by winning at, the, at breakfast. If you can win at breakfast, you can and maintain the momentum. You've, in every crisis, you've got to get out early. Now there's an argument of putting out a press release at five to six and all that stuff. I don't buy that in a long-running crisis. You can do it where you know you can stop the crisis over a weekend or in a couple of days. You can play that kind of a game. Where you just want to bury the story. Where you want to bury the story. In a long-running crisis, you've actually got to win the debate. And, and in a long-running crisis, as anybody listening to this will know, you get time to chew it over over a coffee with friends in the cafes, on the bus, uh, reading the paper over a period of days, you get to understand the nuances. And so um, you've got to be out with those four points. Strong board, strong spokesperson, good messaging, and out at the beginning of the day, nimble. And this is Rugby Australia reacting to a crisis. Now, given that Falau, this wasn't the first time he'd posted one of these homophobic rants, how important is it to be prepared for a crisis? And should they have been prepared better for this, given it had happened in the past? Yeah, well, anybody, can, anybody who has been following this closely, which is a lot of people, can see that they weren't prepared. Had they been prepared, they, the, the sequence of events would have been entirely different. The way you prepare, the, the problem with a board is a board that hasn't been under pressure actually doesn't, the, the individuals don't know each other, the, di the group dynamics hasn't really been stress tested. Things change don't they, in a crisis. Things change hugely, but the difficulty you've got is, let's say a board meets once a month for 12 months. Um, 
you actually don't get to know each other in a total of 24 hours, you know, two, two hours, 12 months. Um, uh, there'll be differences of, some people will be racist, some won't. Some people will be re religious, some people won't be. Others will be um, conservative, others progressive. Others, some will be quick thinkers, some like to mull things over. All the, there's so many different dynamics in, that only come out when you're under stress. And so you've got to stress test a board and an executive, and you do it by actually rehearsing these situations. What do we do if our poster boy, the poster boy in Rugby Australia, turns bad? Here's a scenario. Here's a scenario. It might be you can stress test a make-believe homophobic tweet, but it could be a death, it could be a drunken bashing, it could be sex abuse, it could be any of the things that are fairly frequent in sport. Um, stress test it, what do we do? Do we hold him, do we let him go? How's our contract look? How's this pr particular press release look, etc., etc. What, what happens when social media goes crazy? How do we handle this particular um, social media rant? All those kinds of things have to be stress tested in a rehearsal and only then can you really say this board is ready for a crisis. And that's imperative, isn't it? Because mm. there's so much at stake. And you look at this particular case and you have Qantas as a major sponsor and then you loop yep. in broader themes around free speech and yep. what he's entitled to say. And there have been many supporters of Israel for now, haven't so there? Qantas, Qantas is actually a classic. If you think about airlines, mm. how often do they rehearse for a crisis? They rehearse every flight the attendants stand up at the front of the plane and say, this is what happens. Chances are none of the attendants have been in a crisis, but they will know exactly what to do, what their responsibility is, and the pilots do, are in simulations, and you can bet behind the scenes there are engineers and executives all doing crisis rehearsals because the price of an accident in an airline is massive. Think Malaysian Airlines. Um, then think what happened with Ardent Leisure and the Dreamworld incident where the crisis hadn't been rehearsed and it was a mess. Um, and so we're talking about sport now, but crisis, well-prepared people, people well-prepared for a crisis can get on top of it very quickly and make really good rehearsed decisions based on rehearsed scenarios. And sometimes it can be imperative to the survival of your business. Totally, totally. You, well, again, you get it wrong, you, you can be lights out. Again, again, if an airline, if a, a plane goes down, it can kill an airline. The only reason I suspect that Malaysian Airlines survived was because um, it was government owned. Mm. Just finally, I just wanted to touch on on free speech because that's been a big issue around Israel Folau and his right to say what he wanted to say. Um, I'm broadly supportive of, of free speech, but I, I think while he's entitled to free speech, this one was hate speech. And also, while you're being paid millions of dollars to be the face of a sport that is promoting inclusiveness, you don't have a right to say those things, and they don't align with those values of Qantas and your major sponsors. So it's not so much free... I don't think it's so much free speech here. I think it's freedom of religion is the, is the big issue. Um, and as you know, one of the five pillars of the First Amendment is freedom of religion. And it's, a, it's being argued at, at the moment in Australia. And so Falau was defending himself on freedom of religion. The counter to that is, is that we want an inclusive Australia. And so 
no matter what happens in the debate on freedom of religion or freedom of speech, it comes with a responsibility. It doesn't give you the right for, as, as you say, for hate speech or for speech that deeply offends. And in fact, in most religions, it's counter to the fundamental of the religion anyway. Um, so you've got these two massive community issues, the right to protect the vulnerable in Australia, the right for an inclusive society, and um, the right for people, freedom of religion, freedom of speech, media freedom, and so on. All of those carry responsibilities, yes. Absolutely, mm. plenty of good topics. Mm. Covered there, Peter Wilkinson, Chairman of Wilkinson Butler, thank you very much. Thank you, mate, and we'll get back to work. See you next time. So should you.